Good morning. As I told our folk in first service, I want you to know that there is absolutely no place that I would rather be on the first Sunday of a new year than with the family of believers here at New Hope Christian Church. As we continue to celebrate the birth of God's Son, Christ Jesus, and just uh, the Lord bless you for being here on the first Sunday of a new year. Larry Belleville uh, said, congratulations, you've all got perfect attendance this year. So, this past month of December, we've been looking at the account of everything that led up to the birth of Jesus from the Gospel of Luke. A couple weeks ago, we saw in Luke chapter 2 how Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and the shepherds' response to that as the angel went and told them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And their response to that as they went to Bethlehem to see the child and afterwards when they left as they told everybody about all the things that they had heard and seen. The first evangelists of the good news, the shepherds. And then last Sunday we took a look at the events after the birth of Jesus when uh, they brought Jesus to be circumcised at eight days of age. And then later on, when Mary and Joseph come back to offer the sacrifices required by the law for their purification. And they meet Simeon and Anna there in the temple precincts and the things that took place surrounding that. Today I just want to shift gears a little bit and go to Matthew's gospel because you can't complete the whole story of the birth of Jesus without looking at the visit of the wise men. All right? The three, the three wise men, some people say, well, we don't know. But uh, anyway, Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. The first 12 verses. Matthew 2, the first 12 verses. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it's been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." That's from the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. And when you have found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into the house and saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. So you notice how the chapter begins. Now after... Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. After that. And in verse 11, it tells us that they were now living in a house 
not in the stable or the cave where Christ was born. I make a point of that simply because the wise men came after everything else was over. They didn't arrive at the stable or the cave, at the actual place of birth, okay? And I know traditionally they're associated with, with the Christmas story, and anytime you see a nativity scene, you're probably going to see uh, some wise men surrounding that, but the Bible, Bible doesn't present it that way. Now, personally, I don't think it was a long time before they came, because an angel is going to tell Joseph, take the mother and the child and get to Egypt. Because Herod the king was going to attempt to kill the child. So I don't think it was a long time after, but enough time after that it wasn't at the actual site of the birth. Now, again, we don't know actually how, how many wise men there were, okay? We know they brought three gifts, but we don't know how many wise men brought those gifts. We sing the Christmas song, what? We three kings of, and so we have in our head, there were three of them. Well, there were three gifts, but we don't know how many wise men there were. But they came to worship this newborn king. One scholar asked the question, what would have happened if it would have been three wise women instead of three wise men? And here was his answer. They would have asked for directions, first of all. They would have arrived on time. They would have helped deliver the baby. They would have cleaned the stable and made a casserole. And they would have brought disposable diapers for gifts. Right, women? All right. But these wise men did ask the question, where is he that's been born king of the Jews? You see, they recognized and acknowledged Jesus as a king. Where is he that's been born King, king. Now, who were these wise men, these magi? We're not told their names, not told their number, not told their mode of transportation. Most scholars believe they were Gentiles from Babylon, which would be modern-day Iraq. Interesting, isn't it? But the title, magi, refers to the fact that most likely they were specialists in astronomy. They would search the skies and look at the heavens, and they knew where the constellations were supposed to be, and they would recognize anything different or new. Book of Daniel tells us they would have been among the highest-ranking officials in Babylon. And many scholars believe that their comments reflected the fact that they knew or had some kind of knowledge of Balaam's prophecy from Numbers 24, verse 17, where it says that a star would come out of Jacob. They came during the reign of King Herod, known as Herod the Great. He was an insanely out-of-control individual. I mean, he murdered his own mother. He murdered his wife, Mary Ann. He, he, he married. He murdered three of his sons. The Greek word for son is huios. Greek word for pig is huios. And Augustus Caesar said of Herod the Great, it was safer to be Herod's huios 
squeus than Herod squeos. Safer to be his pig than his son. It was a play on words in that time. In fact, when Herod was on his deathbed, he gave an order to have a number of prominent citizens arrested. And then upon his death, when he died, those people were to be killed so that he could be assured of the fact that tears would be shed on the day of his death. That's the kind of individual we're talking about, a sick individual who later, from the time he ascertained from the wise men, are going to have all the male children in the, in the vicinity of Bethlehem murdered age two and under. All right? So verse 3 says, when Herod heard about this king being born, that these wise men were coming to see, he was disturbed. You think? He was disturbed already. All right? But, but he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him, probably because of the fact they knew what kind of a person that Herod was. When he gets disturbed, they have no idea what he might do. So, so they're, they're all disturbed. And another reason was because he was not the rightful king in the line of David. In fact, he wasn't even the descendant of Jacob. Herod was a descendant of Esau, which would have made him an Edomite. And another reason why the Jewish people never really respected him as a king. If someone had rightfully been born as king from the line of David, his job was in jeopardy. So he was such a, such a paranoid, he was so paranoid, yeah, incredibly paranoid. Well, how did these wise men find Jesus? Well, they come asking, where is he that's been born king of the Jews? And the star is going to reappear. But first of all, God led them. The Spirit of God led them. I mean, who put it in their heart to come and worship this newborn king? Well, God did. All right. Jesus said in John 6, 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Okay? So, so God was behind all this. He's on his throne. He's sovereign. Our Sunday school lesson today certainly would have taught that. Okay, you think you decided to come to church today? No, God drew you here. He uses all the events of life, all the circumstances of your life, all the things in your world. He uses all of those to try to draw you to Jesus. And then he wants you to stay there. But not only did the Spirit lead them, but the Scriptures Micah 5, verse 2, Herod, you know, called the chief priests and the, the, the scholars of the day, said, where's this Messiah going to be born? They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so the prophet Micah said, Micah 5, verse 2, as we mentioned. And I don't know if, if the wise men were privy to that discussion and heard that, but I think they knew the scriptures in some way, particularly maybe that scripture of Balaam's prophecy from the book of Numbers. They came from Babylon Centuries before, Daniel had prophesied when the Jews were in exile in Babylon that in 480-some years the Messiah would come. And now it was time. Daniel was a part of those wise men for the king back then. Galatians 4.4 4 says, In the fullness of time God sent His Son. But then again, God used the star too. Uh, God sent some light to guide these men. And the more you seek Jesus, 
the more light God's going to give you. All right? God will use whatever it takes to bring you to Jesus. And by the way, down in verse 9, the star reappears after they had visited with Herod. The star reappears and leads the wise men to Jesus. I don't know how many of you like to watch the stars or look at the stars and stuff. Uh, every now and then I'll get on my phone and bring up, uh, spot the station and find out when the International Space Station is going to be going over because I, I just like to see it all of a sudden. It just appears and then it goes across the sky and it can travel around this earth uh, in less than two hours time. It's incredible. Sometimes you can see it twice of a morning or twice of an evening depending on, on its schedule. So there's something if you like that. Go to spot the station on your phones and, and bring up uh, the sightings when you can see it. But, but I also will see some of the planets, you know, uh, sometimes you can see three of them. You can see Mars and Saturn and Venus or, or Jupiter or just whatever, you know. It's, uh, but this star had to be something different, okay? By the way, what direction do stars normally travel across our sky? From east to west. This star led them from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, which is five miles south of Jerusalem. So it went a different... You think this was something special? Yeah. And I don't know how it appeared because it said it came and stood over the place where the child was. Now, if you look up at nighttime directly above your house, can you tell which star your house is under? Well, no. This had to be something much lower, you would think. And I don't know what it looked like. The Bible doesn't tell us. Some scholars have speculated. Maybe it appeared like the pillar of fire in the Old Testament that led the Israelites in, in the nighttime. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Something like I don't know. But the star led them. So God was doing something completely supernatural here. And they come and find the child. They bow down and worship him. They give their gifts. And Mary and Joseph, I think, just had to be amazed. Just completely caught off guard by this. But what do we learn from the wise men? Five things I want you to know today. Number one, nothing could keep the wise men from getting to Jesus. Nothing could keep them from getting to Jesus. Nothing. Not distance. You know how far it is from Babylon to Jerusalem? It's a little ways. Closer to 800 miles than 700. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'd be like driving from here to where? What, what's 800 miles from here? Huh? Atlanta? Okay. I thought it was... I didn't think Atlanta was that far. Maybe it is. You probably know better than me if you traveled there. So, but the distance didn't keep them. And we don't know, again, what mode of transportation they were using. Whether they were on camels, that's what we picture in our head because of everything we see around Christmas time, or donkeys, or possibly on foot. Who knows? Difficulty didn't keep them from coming. They had to cross a desert, all right? Endure bad weather, maybe even some sandstorms. Danger didn't keep them because who knows if they'd be attacked by robbers. If, if they're in their regal robes and all the things that we visualize, you know, if you've seen Christmas plays and stuff like that, hey, if they're dressed that way, they're a target. They got a bullseye on their back for the robbers, okay? 
a, a dictator didn't keep them from Jesus. They had to deal with Herod. They made up their mind they're going to get to Jesus, and they got to him. And here's what you need to know. The devil's going to set up every obstacle and roadblock that he can to keep you from Jesus. But you just keep coming. Just keep coming. Because God will make sure that you get to him if that is the desire of your heart. So, nothing kept them from Jesus. Secondly, they acknowledged Jesus as king, even though others didn't. They came looking for the king of the Jews, in verse 2. But Herod said in verse 8, go and make careful search for the child. The child. You see the difference? Wise men saw Jesus as a king. Herod saw Jesus as a child, or maybe even as a threat to his throne. Just a baby, though. But people still do that today, at Christmas time. Every Christmas, I have found that most people don't mind the baby in the manger. The problem, the problem comes when you say he's king. The problem comes when you say he's Lord. And I think that was a lot of Herod's problem. He was his own king. Nobody else is going to tell him what to do. Some of his descendants, I think, are still with us today. You say Jesus is king, Jesus is Lord. It's hard to acknowledge that when you're Lord in your own life, when you're sitting on the throne of your own life. So if you only see Jesus as a child and you fail to acknowledge him as king, you miss the wonder of Christmas. In fact, you miss the whole point of Christmas. It's about the king. Thirdly, they recognized Jesus alone was worthy of their worship. Jesus alone. You notice in the text, it didn't say that when they came to King Herod that they bowed down and worshipped him. Oh, he would have loved it. Okay, this maniac would have loved it. It doesn't even say they bowed to him. But when they saw Jesus, it was all different. I mean, if they were just looking for a king to worship, why didn't they just settle for Herod? He was a king. By the way, over in Acts, the 12th chapter, his grandson... Herod Agrippa I is king then. Acts 12. You've heard the saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Herod Agrippa I decides to have a Herod Appreciation Day for himself. Okay? Plans it all out. He's got music, dancers. He makes a speech. And the people that come, they're trying to butter him up and flatter him, saying, it's the voice of a God that we're hearing. The Bible says an angel of the Lord struck him down. He was eaten by worms and died because he didn't give glory to God. How often at Christmas time does the devil try to get you and I to worship some other king or some other thing other than Jesus? How often is our attention focused on something else besides the Savior? I think it happens too often. But they recognized Jesus alone was worthy of their worship. Fourthly, they worshiped Jesus with the best they had. The best they had. They brought gifts. And these weren't Black Friday gifts. Okay? These weren't late Christmas Eve gifts. Okay? In the nick of time gifts. These, these weren't after Christmas sale gifts. What did they bring? They brought the best they had. And I'm wondering if as we start a new year, if this isn't a good time to reflect on what we bring to the Lord. Would our giving to the Lord 
be classified as an after Christmas half-off special? Would it be classified as leftover or discount? Would it be classified as a re-gifted item? Or would our giving to Jesus be classified as the best we've got? They brought gold. That's a gift fit for a king. They were acknowledging that he is king, recognizing his sovereign dominion. They brought frankincense, a holy ointment used only in the worship of royalty. They're acknowledging this person is from God. He's divine. This is deity. And they brought myrrh. The one gift that to the average person would seem like it's out of place because myrrh was a burial ointment. So what were they acknowledging by bringing myrrh? Yeah. We know why you're here. We know why you've come. These wise men, I believe, had searched the scriptures in some way, been led by the Spirit, guided by a star, and they knew this was the Savior that had come. Nicodemus brought myrrh to the burial of Jesus over in John, the 19th chapter. But the wise men were acknowledging not only is he king, not only is he God, but he's Savior as well. And then lastly, after they found Jesus, they went home another way. You see, you can't come to Jesus and go home the way you came. You just can't. These wise men went home different. Not just a different route, not just a different geographically, but they went home different spiritually because they'd been in the presence of the king. And so if you're wondering, okay, what now? What's next? Now that Christmas has come and gone for another year, what do I do? Well, look no further than the wise men. You see, the wonder of Christmas is that the little baby in the manger isn't just a king. He's the king. King of kings and Lord of lords. And they got it. question is, do we get it? Do you and I get it? Is he our king? Is he the king of your heart? Is he the king of your life? Is he king in your home? If you're wondering what now, that's it. Is he your king? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Making sure Jesus is Lord and King and Savior of your life. That means everything. And so Christmas 2021, it's over. The programs have been performed. The pictures have been taken. The carolers are done singing. The holiday parties have come and gone. The presents are unwrapped. The big dinners have all been eaten. The Christmas music has been turned off. Families are headed back home. Someone from work is on the phone. The kids have a practice to get to. The house still needs to be cleaned. The bills still need to be paid. The groceries are running low. The stock market's up and then down and then up and then down. And the TV's still on and the news is still worrisome. And the pandemic continues to go on. Life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened, right? But it did. It did. Look around you. You got brothers and sisters in Christ right here around you, all because the baby is still the Savior. He's still the Savior. He's still the gift held out to a world looking for joy and earth that's still looking for peace. 
And we should all be sitting in wonder of God who gave his son and the son who gave his life to bring us into the family of God and one day welcome us home. So Christmas is over, but remember, it actually happened. God came to this earth. He became flesh and dwelt among us, and it changed everything. So will you let anything keep you from getting to Jesus? The wise men didn't. Will you acknowledge Jesus as king even though others don't? The wise men did. Will you recognize Jesus as the only one worthy of honor and worship? Wise men did. Will you worship Jesus by giving him the best you have? Wise men did. And after you come to Jesus, will you remain the same? The wise men didn't. No, they went home different. So if you're sitting there this morning wondering, okay, what should I do? What's my next step? That's why we're having a special session right after this service is over at 12 o'clock. And if you've got questions about what you should do to come to Christ, what to do and how to come to Him and have Him as your Lord and Savior, if you've got questions about baptism, questions about the Lord's Supper, questions about New Hope Christian Church, what we do, why we do it, how we do it, anything like that, we encourage you to stay. Maybe that's your next step, is staying today and asking some questions.